so we're here to talk about your favorite person in the world, the fictional character, Jessica Chastain, wife of <laughs> fictional character, Oscar Isaac. I, just, I know that you just found her really, really sort of like admirable, just like a really good role model for a modern professional woman. And you just, you just found her kind of inspiring all around, I thought. <laughs> Is that, is that an accurate representation of your, your experience of the movie? Joyless and beautiful. That that's how I found her. Joyless <laughs> and beautiful with this those perfect triangle nails. She had those really triangle talons and those perfect work work clothes. Yeah, no, I, I hated her. <laughs> she was ter she was terrible. Well, I, it was one of those where I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if I was hating Jessica Chastain's acting or Jessica Chastain or the character she was playing. I, I couldn't tell. I just really didn't like, I, I don't, I don't like when people behave badly and then take themselves really serious. I don't, I, I'm not articulating that well. You like, you like antagonistic clowns. You like you like for them to be you like your villains to be well if, if you're silly. gonna if if you're gonna if you're gonna do whatever you're gonna do you could at least have a sense of humor you know I mean I just I just think like I that I think that's what I can't tell does Jessica Chastain have no sense of humor or did the character she was playing merely have no that I'm not sure there was no sense of humor in sight Oscar Isaacs you could tell he had a little tiny sense of humor that was not given much surface area but yeah. you could tell he had one yeah it's funny i hadn't thought about that they both tend to get really broody serious roles but mm -hmm. he yeah he probably is a little bit funnier yeah. Also, I think it's just be, being sort of a very severely beautiful looking leading lady it, it probably is a little bit more of a brittle role. Like it's a little harder to be funny with that line of business than than if you're if you're just like a a nice looking actor man. Well, I was I was thinking about that because because I was thinking like do. <laughs> Do, do I hate her because she's beautiful? No, but I think that there are there's some very funny, beautiful actors. I mean, I, I mean, I think about I don't know. I'm not coming up like Reese Witherspoon is a beautiful woman, and she's very she's often in a comedic role. And yeah. I, you know, I, I I do love I do love all the brunette Catherines. So if if your name is Catherine, and you know, Catherine, Catherine Keener, yeah. Catherine Keener, Catherine Hahn, Catherine Hepburn. Is Catherine Deneuve Catherine, a brunette? Catherine Zeta-Jones is she? Not, she's not. She's not on the no, list. No, <laughs> you know I didn't. I didn't think of. Well, you're right. I didn't think of her. Me, mainly Catherine Hahn and, and Catherine Keener. But I, I don't. I don't know what it is. It. it, it you're right. Brittle. Brittle is the word. It. It is. It's this. This. This chilly, brittle. It is a little Nicole Kidman-ish. It's like a similar. It's like this sort of ice yeah. princess sort of. Um, position and again, may, maybe this was maybe this was the role as it was written. But I found I found her very unappealing. If I were Oscar Oscar Isaac's character, I just couldn't have run away fast enough. I just would have. And, and then, but you know, except for the problem was, 
it did feel a little bit like um, when you're watching a play and you can tell the actors are enjoying the acting far more than the viewers are enjoying the viewing. You could tell that they were they were really they were really into it. They're like, we're gonna have some more good stormy arguments and I'm gonna walk across the stage and pour myself. I don't know. It yeah, just, they're, they're it felt definitely very going to be like they're definitely going to be a lot of excerpts from this script used in acting classes for yeah. decades to come. Yeah, yeah, like we we're serious and we're having yeah. complicated emotions. And no, run run away, Oscar Isaac. Run Oscar Isaac's character, excuse me. I don't know, like people have done these things. People have behaved badly. People like people have done this for time in memoriam. You don't have to be so serious about it. It's like they were the first people to ever have an affair and like there was no there was no nothing. There was no joy or levity i didn't even understand why they were together in the first place they 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 barely i mean they had some torrid they had some i guess they did have some you, yeah, this, your, i think your, your favorite parts were just the sexy parts it was just like the, all the naked well it was it was it was admittedly a relief I'm Matthew Buckley-Smith, and you're listening to Slee Rickets. Thank you uh, to all of you for listening, and thank you especially to those of you who've had a chance to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening. Leave a rating, leave a review, uh, subscribe if you have not yet, and if nothing else, maybe sometime this week recommend the show to someone you think might like it. I (laughs) have to apologize for this past week's episode which got weirdly delayed uh i I wasn't sure exactly why it it is now available uh, on uh, you know itunes and wherever else as usual but the (laughs) in the end it it appears that the culprit the reason that it didn't get that the the sabot that clogged up the whole system was the umlaut in louise gluck's name so I will, t- <laughs> I'm, I may, I may do less formatting on my show notes in the future in order to avoid, uh, the, that kind of, uh, snafu. At any rate, th- uh, sorry, sorry for that. With, with any luck, this one will go out on time. Uh, this week I am speaking about scenes from a marriage, the new HBO miniseries, along with the original Ingmar Bergman, version a little bit. I'm going to see I mean I'm going to be speaking about all of that with my wife, Joanna Pearson, a short story writer, poet, young adult novelist. She's, she's uh, the author of a number of books, um, most recently Now You Know It All from the University of Pittsburgh Press is the winner of the Drew Hines Prize and it's it's a great it's a great collection of stories. I will put links to that and uh, all of the rest of her stuff in the show notes. We had a pretty fun <laughs> conversation. It is a little strange 
Uh, so, you know, it's a little strange doing one of these on here with someone I speak to so frequently, but she certainly punctures some of my, some of my hot air, I guess. So let's go to that right now. It really did try my patience. I'll say that it tried my patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we should, probably, we should probably provide at least a, a smidgen of context. So we watched the new HBO adaptation of scenes from a marriage. It's a new miniseries. They released it in five parts. The original scenes from a marriage was a 1973 Swedish TV miniseries uh, direct, written and directed by, by Ingmar Bergman, uh, legendary Swedish director. He so the original series was six parts. Each one was about an hour long, and then he later released five parts too many, in my opinion. Go on. <laughs> was the new one five parts too many? Who was the, old? Uh, the? Oh, the new one was umpteen. I don't know how many parts it was because it, it was, was five. It was, well, the old, new one was five parts, and the old one was six parts. Well, so five parts too many could mean two, one of two things. It, it, there were too many parts. Too many. The thing that I'll say is that it, it also should have been called scene singular scene from a marriage being we argue like the scene the scene is that that like they're gonna they're gonna have a like a an argument they're they're gonna they're gonna oh, dissect the oh, our relationship yeah i mean also Could scene it, from marriage in that the marriage ends halfway through the second scene <laughs> You know, more, I, yeah. more or less, effectively. So Bergman took his six-part original and and cut it down, adapted it into a two-and-a-half-hour movie or two, almost three-hour movie that was released in theaters. It starred uh, Liv Ullman and Erland Josephson, along with, in a, in a small but memorable part, B.B. Anderson, who, who was also an, an actress he used many, many times. L Liv Ullman was... A, I mean, is is still still alive? He's a great great actress. I mean, one of the the great actresses of the act, actors of the 20th century. She uh, was married to Bergman for a good while, and the my understanding is that the movie was or the the series was based on their marriage. Mm. Oh, you know what? I actually I don't know if they were ever properly married but they were they were together for a long time and they, and they worked together for much much longer so you did not see the original no uh the the original the six-part miniseries the original six-part miniseries is, is uh not streaming anywhere um and i didn't feel like figuring out how to watch that i, I watched separately from you i, I this, but concurrent with our watching the hbo version i watched the two or three hour movie version of the original and boy uh it's maybe harder to watch than the hmm. new one like one of the things so so the the loosely speaking the the plot of the original it's not really much of a plot but it's broken into six scenes uh marianne and, and, jo and jo johan sorry um yeah marianne and johan are this uh, married couple. They're both professional. She's a lawyer. He's a, uh, uh, an academic. They have two daughters and they're happy and successful. And they're being interviewed by some magazine writer about their happy, successful marriage. In the second, the second episode of the original, which was the one that was not adapted in the new one, is maybe the most interesting of them. 
that's the one that's most that feels most like scenes from a marriage where they are uh, going about their professional lives, their their personal lives, and there's a real feeling sort of struggling inside of a marriage where he feels sort of unfulfilled as a as you know like he hasn't reached his potential and she feels a little bit uh, passionless. But then by the third section, which in the original is called Paula, we learn that Johan is leaving Marianne. He's leaving her for a much 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 younger. In the original, she's twenty three. He's leaving her mm-hmm. for, um, and by the way, so so it's Erlen Josephson and Liv Ullman play the, the 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 married couple in the original. Liv Ullman is a terrific looking thirty five, and Erlen Josephson is a okay looking fifty. Um, mm. So and and he's sort of like a middling professor, and, yeah, and not I would say like not especially charming. He's great in Andrei Tarkovsky's last movie, The Sacrifice, which was made some years later. He's he's sort of stiff here. Liv Ullman is amazing. She's very she's also very warm. She she and Jessica Chastain look a lot alike at the, these points in their lives. Like in the two series, they actually do quite resemble each other. But Liv Ullman is 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 all radiance and warmth. Mm. Um. She also is a pretty, pretty innocent victim throughout. Like the the they flipped the they flipped they, the role yeah, of the so, baddie. So they flip, yeah. The the it's in the in the new one. It's the wife who has the affair. In the original, the uh, Johan not only says, "Well, I'm leaving for you know seven or eight months to go live with my mistress and maybe never coming back," but also says like. Not only am I not interested in keeping in contact with our daughters while I'm away, but I don't want to say goodbye to them. I'm glad, like, I want to like leave now, and and I'm going to let you worry about that. He he almost entirely abandons his. He does sort of end up paying some child support, but he's totally callous about his daughters. Totally callous to her. Later on, you know, they they had this sort of on again, off again tension where they they keep sort of falling back into old patterns and having sex with each other. Then they sort of eventually officially get divorced. And he is truly monstrous to her. Like in the signing the divorce paper scene later on, he you know, slaps her, bloodies her nose, knocks her to the ground and ends up kicking her again and again at one point. I mean, he's like really horrifically brutal to her, totally self-absorbed, really has no, I mean, he kind of, there's has little brief moments of humility and tenderness right toward the end, but basically she is this glowing uh, ball of like Swedish redheaded warmth and beauty. And he's a sort of a crusty, bearded, bitter, brutal failure. So it's, I mean, it's really like horrible. And I, and so in this version, you want to give, you want to give a brief account of so in this version jessica chastain is the is sort of the initiator of 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 the marriage's dissolution she's the one who's having an affair she's the one who wants to leave she's the one who is less present as a parent to the child yeah she she is she she is the less sympathetic person i would say by by far in but, but um, compared i mean at least i would say like com- compared to the johan in the original she's you know she she's when she goes to leave to be with her her what's a male mistress not a master a m- mistress a ma- lover her lover. lover her lover yeah her lover yeah. Polly. 
terrible yeah. name, Polly. She, you know, she she like makes arrangements to. She doesn't. She not only like says goodbye to their daughter in person, but she also like makes arrangements to come see her every other weekend, and she remains yeah. you know, pretty close. Like she's unsympathetic, but she's also much more. She's she's much. There's much more gentleness and nuance to her. I don't know. I, well, sorry, I mean, I ahead. can't. I can't say because I haven't seen the original, and I don't. I can't say I have the desire to, but. So I mean, sure, she may be she may be more sympathetic than the. I mean, it sounds like the the husband in the original was was horrible. I I don't. I still felt that there were, and again, this is where is this is this how the character was written? Is this her acting? There was something very, even in her moments of oh, the daughter what. Uh, it, it felt to me like she was caught up in her own drama. Like she, she, the character was performing a, a show for herself where everything was, was intensified. She was living in her own movie as a person. And, and I don't, I don't, I mean, again, technically when you're watching any actor, they are, they are a character performing in a movie, but I don't, I don't always get the sense that the, the character feels, I don't know, more, natural natural to me more believable and in this it was like she seemed very caught up in the drama that she was creating and and even her even her gestures toward the child seemed very performative and um kind of hollow to me and again is that is is that her acting is that this role i i don't know but i i found i found it very in addition to being sort of t- t- tedious and, and wearying, I found it uh, annoying. Yeah. I also, well, and she, I'll say like she, once someone crosses you and like, like once a character earns your scorn, it often it's hard. It's, hard, it's a, it's a hard road back, but something I wonder about because of the original like there, there's a to me like there's a weird sort of secondary story to all of this which is that assuming that this bears some resemblance to Bergman's marriage or, or, or relationship to Ullman the sleeping factor is that he was an immortal genius and that they were working together making great movies for many many years together whereas in the original he's a professor and she's a lawyer and they don't really have much to do with each other after they're married and so the her like her enduring attraction to him and his sort of hold over her feels a little more difficult to account for. You and mean then, in the new one? Or the, well, no, the no. It, in the in the old one, it, it just it feels like what is it that? Why is he such a Svengali? Like what? what you, know, like, yeah. you can see like the the Liv Ullman and Ingmar Bergman were were like making plays every winter and movies every summer in Malmo for years and years and years. And these were like, even at the time acknowledged as like some, it was like truly great works of art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that's a really powerful bond and relationship. And it, and even then after they break up or they have whatever, you know, friction, there continues to be a real magnetic power there. And, it doesn't, you know, like maybe lots of divorced couples go secretly have passionate affairs with each other after the fact, but mm-hmm. it it felt a little bit like that was the, like that that was the part of the story that got 
that that maybe like he wasn't accounting for it properly. Like he like maybe he was like, oh well, all all shithead ex husbands have a have a, a magical hold over their over their wives, uh, over their ex wives. Yeah. In a way that felt like it would make it would just make more sense if it was like, oh no, this is just Bergman and this is mm-hmm. Olman. Mm-hmm. And so then that gets transposed, as you said, to the new one where Jessica Chastain. She's Mira and Oscar Isaac is Jonathan, but Jonathan. I guess we can just call them by their 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 actor names. She is now the Johan, but what that ends up meaning is that she's also now the Ingmar Bergman. Mm-hmm. And and part of what I wondered about with her with her character because there there is like an an aspect of Johan's character that is sort of interesting, particularly given that it's Bergman writing this, is that he is you know, they talk about how he was really, when they, when they were young, he was really promising. Like he was the smartest of their group and he, and everybody expected great things from him. And he's sort of, he's ended up having a kind of a middling career and sort of hasn't really done much remarkable. And so you see part of the vanity that leads him to, to go off with this 23 year old, which again is, is kind of the shadow version of Bergman's extraordinary success in his own life and brilliance in his own life. But then I like, I wonder if it, even in our super liberated enlightened age, I wonder if like all of the aspects of male ambition and vanity in, in that sense, totally translate to a female well, it's, character. It's, it's like the, well, I don't know that I don't, I don't think it, it, it's particularly gendered necessarily, but I, I think you're, you're talking about a kind of charisma i mean the 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 example i was thinking of is is the is is uh you know what what people would say about bill clinton and about the the effect he had if you were in the room with him and how you know you would just there's there was something that that couldn't be taught and this kind of charm and uh and 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 i and i and i believe that based on what i've heard and i've and i've seen that and i've even seen that with actors i think there are actors who are on the screen they just have such, and they create such interest. They have such magnetism. They're not, they can be beautiful people. They don't have to be beautiful people, but they just have this interest and this electricity and this charge. And I think that maybe is, is in, you know, being Bergman had it and, and that's what it was. And maybe that's also part of this is like Jessica Chastain is a, is a beautiful woman and, and, probably a very good actor in certain ways but to me she lacks whatever that quality is to, to make her an, an object of a, obsession and a sort of charismatic mm-hmm. obsessional I like to me it's like well I, why wouldn't you just say well she was really beautiful but she sucked so uh, my heart is hurting but I will move on I, I don't I disbelieve it's it I guess I'm agreeing with what you're saying I disbelieve her um as that but but i i don't again i think we're talking about a kind of charge and charisma that i i don't think it's i certainly don't think it's because she's a woman that, that's uh, right yeah you're saying like can, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do an adaptation of the bill clinton story where bill clinton was played by hillary clinton <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Well, you, you don't know, think she has all his charisma? Well, Hillary, Hillary Clinton's not Hillary Clinton's not an actor, first of all. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah well, I mean, I think that's fair. Her the the people who know her, and she has her many strengths. But I, I think no one has 
comparatively speaking, no one talks about how she's got that kind of same she's charisma. So I was curious, I, I just looking up the, the, so the American miniseries, this was, and this was adapted by Haggai Levy and Amy Herzog. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's mostly Haggai Levy is his baby, but then Amy Herzog gets some credit as a writer. She's a playwright and he's a Oh, writer. of course she's a playwright. That's gotta be this, the answer. Yeah. I think the only play of hers I've read was 4,000 miles, which was, which I thought was fine. Uh, you You would have to be a playwright though, because you're in love with two people in a room talking intensely you know yeah That's- it is it is i mean it is a play it's because it's it, all yeah. of, with the exception of like almost all of the series takes place in a contained space Qu- quickly though i was going to say just as a, an odd piece of trivia that i wonder about so jessica chastain was not the original uh mira for this version mm. the, it was a ri- when they were first setting it all up the i think i believe the first actor to sign on was um, Michelle Williams. Uh, oh, who's a, who's a very so they were going, different... they, but still they were going for a type. They were going for a serious actor. <laughs> right. They weren't going for, though actually like I was going to say, they weren't going for like Kristen Wiig, but they're like, in a way, like she could have been great. And, she would have yeah. been perfect. Well, she, she, yeah, she certainly perfect. is charismatic and, you know, uh, would have brought some yeah. levity to it. Um, she is, by yeah. the way, uh, she is great. And I think it's called welcome to me, um, which is like a serious dark movie, but she's very, like funny I feel like weird. we watched that together yeah I, I think we i know i saw it i couldn't tell i couldn't remember if it was too boring for you to watch but it i thought no, I I she was we great watched that. that yeah she's and yeah. yeah she's able to make uh heavy material like yeah i mean michelle williams i think is a great great uh actress and is i think probably probably warmer than jessica chastain but also doesn't feel like she like a natural uh like towering source of like intellectual and emotional gravity like it's hard to see her being a commanding figure Uh, yeah i would be curious to well i wouldn't really be curious to watch this movie ever again but (laughs) it would have been it would have been it would have been different with michelle williams i'm i'm why do i have a instinctive degree of thought is it because she was in Dawson's Creek I feel like she was leavened by her her early days in Dawson's Creek you know I I think I like I think I like I think I like her for that I think I like that she is a serious actor but she has this kind of teen drama past I also like that she there's something a little more human about her where she I mean she's clearly obviously you know she creates interest she's an attractive person but there's not she's she doesn't feel quite so at a remove as some of the the very very you know I only can come up with this word chili the sort of chili actors that I'm thinking of chili leading ladies um, yeah yeah maybe like, maybe, yeah, maybe I would between like Wendy and Lucy and tree of life which were like yeah, both exactly. of them. Like that, those exactly. were their, their, their respective like big art house breakout. Yeah. Though, though. And I also, Saturday, I, yeah, I sorry, also she could tell a joke. No, she, I also believe it's like, there's something about Michelle Williams. I, I believe in her laughing at a moment. And I just like, I don't, has Jessica Chastain ever laughed on, on film in life? I don't, I don't, can't, she I don't know. She was in The Help. She was like a very bubbly silly role in the help but she was also sort of a barbie in that yeah yeah uh yeah, yeah. she's so it's like there's like the help there's tree of life there's the zero dark 30 
Oh, I like Zero. Zero Dark She's the lead in that. Oh. I mean, she, which I is not a funny role. It's not a, it's not a, yeah. it's not a playful role. I mean, I, I think she's a yeah. quite, quite a good actress. I, I also think like, this is a brutal role. I mean, this is a, it just, it's hard to, it's, it's just, a real it's not, a, it's not a sympathetic it's a real role. Stinker. No, no, the, the, the f- no. And it, it, and it went on way too long. That was the other thing way too long. Well, well, part of what I felt lacking in both, I mean, in both the original and the adaptations, and I'll say like, I don't know that they needed to make an adaptation, but any comparisons that say, well, the original was so great. And this is, this is a a lesser thing. Like, I don't know that this is worse than the original. I I think, I think this in some ways, it may be better than the original. Certainly the two actors are better matched than, than Liv Ullman and Erland Josephson. Uh, it's, I mean, it is for the most part, pretty well written. There's a lot more nuance to the two roles, the husband and wife. Uh, the set is great. There is this weird device they use that I never figured out what it was doing, where they start the first four episodes. They start with this meta scene where you see in kind of raw Mm. video footage, the actors and the the crew setting up the shot, and then suddenly they switch over to. I, I didn't know. understand what that framing did for it either. It was almost like like we know we filmed this during COVID times, and we were wearing masks. We know these are actors, and we're like I I did yeah. not I I don't know what that really brought to the and I, and then I thought maybe is this going to is there going to be something in the end where where this breaking the fifth like why are why are you doing i think they just did it because they felt like it which is fine but i mean not really it's not really fine yeah. you should have a good reason probably it, well so I, I thought it did two two things i'm not sure either was really the goal exactly uh, well so three things like one is that you you see that they are very good at what they do like just mm-hmm. seeing the, the the before before and after the you know the action but uh, it made me really appreciative of the of the crew and uh, set designers because they do all these exterior shots with this sort of very pretty suburban house. Um, but of course, when you're shooting in a house, you 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 it's not it's not really a real house. It's a set, and it's a sort of a big house construct that has all these moving parts. You can shift the walls around and. Like they have, you can see snow and sort of a fake backdrop through the window. And there, it is just sort of physically a really beautiful piece of design to make this house feel very real on the inside. And then the other thing it did is, is that it allowed for the very end, which was after the very final scene, when they, you know, the director uh, calls out cut, you see the two actors get up out of bed, get dressed. And then they hold, they sort of hold hands and walk to their dressing rooms and they, they kiss each other and then go into their respective rooms. And it is a, as you said, like it was nice to see because they seem genuinely happy and like nice to each other. They seem like, oh, these are like two nice, warm human beings. And it, to me, it felt a little bit like at the end of children's plays, there's often a sort of an important moment, like the curtain call serves the function of, of like the actors saying, you know, goodbye to the audience, but it also serves this important function of like showing the kids that nobody's really hurt. Like, see, they're mm-hmm. all just, they're all okay. Nobody's, and they're all really friends. They're no real bad guys. And they're like, and it felt a little bit like that. Like, oh no, they're, they're really okay. They're, 
This is just Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain and Oscar Isaac, and they're nice and they like each other. I mean, but, but the, I guess the question is: did, did we were either of those things really necessary? I mean, isn't is not not to dis not to dismiss all the work of set designers and crew and all of that, but like, isn't the whole point of the whole cinema tradition that they create a beautiful uh, it's it's beautiful artifice like we, like we aren't supposed to have any awareness of all the labor and all the i mean we're not really supposed to have an appreciation for that and we aren't supposed to be reminded of that and 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 the same with with the actors if if we're immersed in it we don't need the children's play reminder of well but they really they aren't really mad at each other i mean i i agree with you it was sort of a nice moment and something of a relief after all the I mean it was just like watching like watching a really tense argument for it, it was it was nice to be like oh look at them they're happy they made a movie but 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 so what I mean I guess I guess I don't I don't yeah I your points are well made but why 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 do that the whole thing is the whole thing is to create a beautiful immersive experience where you aren't brought out of it in that way right well Brecht would wag a finger at you but that's why no one likes Brecht well I think some people (laughs) 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 yeah I mean, I just, I just said that. I just said yeah. that. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, uh, uh, but, but well, no, but I, I think what's very, what's very true about him is that you know, he he had all these really smart ideas about breaking the fourth wall, about exposing the machinery of the theater, about I want them to see the lights, I want them to see that the actors are actors, I want them to understand that they're watching a play and not get. He he wanted to break the illusion. Uh, he wanted to have a kind of an intellectual theater where people were watching with a kind of a remove and smoking cigars in the audience and thinking thoughts rather than just being caught up in the emotions. But what the, the problem is that he was also a good writer. And so what you see very quickly is that it is weird and sort of off-putting to say like, oh, well, that's that's Oscar Isaac talking to the director about a scene and how he wants to play it. And then moments later, there's the the you know the action happening. But because they are good movie makers and because they're good actors and good directors, you immediately get immersed in it anyway. And that's the same thing that happens with Brecht. Like, like what we find is that that the power. Well, why of that do that? What does that? What is, does that, I mean? I, why do that? It, I mean, I truly, I truly don't think you could argue it really adds anything. It, it's not. It's not. I don't. I don't understand why. Why? Like, there, to me, there has to be a. Re, is it? And by the way, I realized. Maybe I've been saying this wrong. My whole, is it the fourth wall or the fifth wall that that one is breaking when one breaks well, the wall? Well, what's what are you describing? <laughs> I, 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 I don't I don't know, but I think I've been saying the the fifth wall or the sixth wall. There's I'm, the I'm fifth many walls out. And the fourth estate. And <laughs> the fourth, the fourth is it the fourth wall that? Well, if you're in wall? a room with four walls. Then the idea, <laughs> the idea of like the proscenium, like well-made play presentation, is that one of those walls is invisible, and the act and the audience is sitting on the other side of it. Uh, I've been breaking the fifth wall in all of my <laughs> like the ceiling. The the... No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I thought it was like just. The, I think like I'm pretty. The... <laughs> I think I've just been saying that wrong for a while. But anyways, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's, sort of a, there's another 
there's a interesting metaphysical suggestion there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, t- I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think it's it's a, why like the like Brecht ends up introducing a style more than a like a real a real new theory of theater because we love we love the spell we love being caught up in things yeah exactly i mean i I do think of um you never saw uh the movie dogville did you i can't remember i might have it's uh it's it's the one that all takes place on a big naked soundstage where the oh i don't think so yeah no i mean i i I, I tend to think you're right that i don't i don't know really if it really adds anything except it's a it's just sort of like a on a like a technical level it's sort of cool to see but i don't think it does i don't think it adds anything to the storytelling at all no no i don't think so i also feel like stuff like that it feels like something that you know i feel like it's a thing that not that i make films or plays but it feels like it would be a thing that i would try and do when I was young because I was failing technically to achieve the thing I was trying to do. And so then I would make an excuse to myself and say, oh, well, I'm just gonna break the fifth wall and the, the reader will see what I'm doing. <laughs> the fifth wall. <laughs> or, the, or the fourth wall, as the case may be. I'm just gonna break the fourth or fifth wall and they'll sort of like, oh, and it would just be a way of me justifying to myself a failure in in sort of sustaining the illusion. So I, I feel like a lot of times what it what it amounts to is a justification for a failure to achieve the spell. That that's my right. secret opinion. This is like you're you're we'll like it. you consistently have like a really high tolerance and appreciation for for the 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 highly experimental and avant garde and and you know in literature and the arts and, and large. <laughs> Well, I do think, I mean, I do think it's a good thing to hide behind. I mean, I, I mean, I think that it's like, if you, I don't know, if you have no singing voice, well, great. You just do really avant-garde sing. I mean, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're really, if you're really bad at it, then you can sort of make the badness purposeful. And, and, and again, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm all for, I'm I'm all for inventiveness if it works, but but I think I think I do. Maybe maybe that the way in which I'm old fashioned is that I believe in the spell. I, I would like for someone yeah, to yeah. cast a spell, and and the spell can work in all sorts of interesting ways. But I think when I think that's what it is, is that like a lot of I mean, remember in Baltimore we would go to often these weird bad plays and weird bad like a lot of the weird bad stuff. It was just it was really just bad but but the 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 myth was that it was experimental like that that was sort of the thing that you could you yeah. could claim there was definitely a point relatively early in our marriage where like for the sake of our continuing to stay married i just started going to these plays alone <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they were people mm-hmm. i knew or right yeah i mean i i, I like a fair amount of avant-garde or experimental art. But what I think is pretty true is that it is, if, if, if you are bad, then it is harder to hide your badness in conventional art. Like if you are bad and you make conventional art, it's going to ring out for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you make experimental 
boundary breaking avant-garde-ish art or even avant-garde flavored art, it can often be a little harder to pin down whether what you're seeing is subtly brilliant or just fragmented and hard to watch. I just think like, I, I often don't even know what it means. I also think that the funny thing is I actually think I have more tolerance in many ways for strange and inventive stuff than you do interestingly enough but but i in what like in what uh medium or like what? With, like going like weird stuff in art museums basically what really <laughs> i i guess what i don't i mean i guess i don't what i don't really care to go to would be you know people people who have with minimal practice are kind of you know, ad libbing a, I don't know, like they've gathered in a warehouse and they're going to do an improv version of Ghostbusters, which I feel like like in their underwear, like that would be something that you could probably go see in Baltimore. It would be like, you know, gather at the warehouse. We're going to, we effectively did go see that in Baltimore. It was Jurassic like, Park. It wasn't Ghostbusters. No, but, you know. I wasn't, I wasn't going to name names, but I, I guess that's where, that's where, I mean, and I think it's fine. I think that if it, clearly people doing they're they're having fun and there's some there's a lot to be said for having fun because there's another you know very unhappy self-serious version that would be even less pleasant i'm all for people having fun but i think i think i do i think i want i want the illusion and this i mean this we're getting off track like this show aside from that wall breaking fourth wall breaking element they certainly created an effective you know sense of real tension as if this is a married couple and i just you know i think i just wanted i wanted like somebody to go to the grocery store i wanted someone to like there was there was a sense of us being sort of frozen in a single tense moment and and then the moment just continuing for hours and hours and hours and and like there wasn't enough of the stuff of life or the the other emotional range of 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 life i guess i don't know yeah the the that's why i actually sort of liked the of all of them the first episode best which is the one where you see they're they're being interviewed by a a very earnest graduate student in gender studies who's doing a, a some kind of project on um, marriages and specifically on marriages where the the man is the primary caregiver. And so they, they're interviewed by her and they're sort of, you can tell they're kind of playing a couple different games where she's a little bit uncomfortable and would kind of rather not be there and has something going on with her phone. And he's very, very enthusiastic and, and a little bit, a little bit pompous. He's doing too much of the explaining for both of them, but you can see she sort of would, would almost rather just let him do that. And then you later, you see them having a, kind of a fun but then contentious dinner with friends where the friends are in an open marriage and they're having this whole crisis but it was sort of, I what I sort of liked see in more a way of those was seeing, friends I I the friends were a yeah. relief like the friends yeah. and their conflict I wanted more of them I wanted more of, of who's that Corey Stalls Corey Stoll and the woman I had yeah. not seen before um but yeah I mean I thought I thought they were they were good I thought she was you know it was interesting she she the 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 friends were where they were in an open marriage and she had just had a boyfriend break up with her and 
wanted to be able to talk about this with her husband who sort of would rather not. I felt I had to feel mm-hmm. little, little sympathy for him though. Apparently you know, he, he was also sort of a cad in his own way. Uh, but I mean, part of what I thought was, was quite engrossing about that scene was getting to see our main characters in some scenes where theirs was not the primary trauma. Like they were the sort of, they were, they were supporting their friends, but they were not in a moment of total profound crisis. They then later have this conflict where they're like, she's pregnant and they're not sure what they want exactly. And they, they both like decide to have a baby, but then she also decides they were, they, they, but mostly she sort of decide uh, to have an abortion instead. And there there were like, there were both like a few different phases to that first episode and there were other characters and it just felt like a little more like there was a marriage happening. And yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, that in a way, like I, what I was hoping for from both of them being called scenes from a marriage was a little bit of like the, the difficult, I was interested to like see someone rise to the challenge of like telling the story of a marriage, which can be, I mean, the biggest challenge is that it's mundane. Like it's sort of things mm-hmm. happen. Like there's, there's not a major, you know, it's not a marriage plot because you've kind of arrived. Yeah, go, go to the, go to the grocery store for God's sake. You don't yeah, really want to yeah, watch go, a movie. Those... About, you don't want to watch a movie about people. No, going to the grocery no, store. I don't. don't want that I don't. Movie. I don't. No, I don't. But, but what you're saying about them being in the world, like they are not always the sun and the moon and the stars. And it's not even, I mean, I think affairs are interesting as far as a, as turning a plot i think that that i think that that's fine but it just it just felt like ow it just just the level of attention that they gave themselves was was self indulgent and i say that with with full knowledge that we all give lots of attention to our own thoughts and feelings and that's what people do and what characters often do but it was just it was like too much turn it off go yeah. take your child you kept talking about the child's dance class. go take the child to the dance class go yeah. do something go uh, i don't know yeah the, it, you know it was yeah there's a convention in like children's literature as well as in like uh you know teen tv shows movies where parents are always sort of inexplicably absent and like kids are in a, able yeah. to be really you know, unrealistically autonomous. Um, and that sometimes is sort of metaphorical, but in this case, it felt, I almost felt the opposite impulse. Like the, like, what are these, what are these parents who are just talking to each other all the time? Like, we're, like we're, yeah. even just like yeah. for you and I yeah, to yeah. set up this conversation takes some doing. <laughs> it's yeah. actually hard yeah. for two married people to talk to each other when they have Oh kids. yeah. 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 They're, they're emoting. He's reading his like morning dream journals to her. It's just that's also in the original. She, she has a diary with her with her psychiatrist, who like has because it's the groovy seventies. She's like she's like yeah, I, I slept with my psychiatrist a few times, but we didn't really hit it off. So oh, now yeah. we're just we're just working together. They they used to do that. They used to that was part of the cure. That was part of the cure in the olden days. Good old days. Um, yeah, yeah. I would just like for the listeners to know that this was not. My, it wasn't. This was not a Joanna pick. I wanted to. I wanted us to discuss Below Deck for the record. Below Deck for yeah. the record. Below Deck. I mean, it's 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 upstairs, downstairs drama. It's it's a, re- it's, it's a reality show about a boat. It's it's it, yeah. It's finally it's it's edited to its essence. So mm-hmm. there is always action happening. There are 
you know, jerk holes of the 1% coming onto the yacht, their love affairs. I mean, it's just people have some moments of dissecting relationships, but you're not going to linger on it too long because the Bravo viewers don't want that. You know, well, it's, it's a I different, I'm, I'm not convinced the Bravo viewers don't want that. Cause I, I've definitely watched recently they, an episode or two of real housewives and Vanderpump rules with you. And there's some, they, they, some move, pretty, they move quickly. Some serious you're gonna, no, no, no. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to move, you're going to move quickly to you, a new conflict. I'll to say a, that to you're a not new, gonna, to a new pair of people <laughs> closely yeah. dissecting their, their, it, their narcissistic keep it conflicts. Moving. Keep, keep it, keep it moving. That's, that's the, that's the yeah. trick. But yeah, this, yeah, was, this, this was, this, this was my, my, my I, I, I forced this on you. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Cause I, I love Bergman and I, and I actually quite like the, the actors in, in this adaptation, but uh, all around, I felt like this was not, the th- like there is a thing that is really challenging about marriage and I would love to f- see somebody figure out a way to tell that story in a way that f- like, or, or even, even, you know, when people always talk about, and I think this is true with people talk about the marriage as depicted in the, the television show, Friday night lights, how there's something that feels mm-hmm. kind of um, authentic and, and, and good and, a little bit like complicated. It's not just a sort of one dimensional sort of good, but it's a, it's a good mirror. I mean, that, that, and again, this show is about lots of other characters and things, but you know, the, the coach coach and his wife. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but that's one of those where you're like, okay, this is, uh, this is, this is interesting. This is, uh, yeah, I'd much rather watch Friday Night Lights for the record. Great show, wonderful show. I mean, truly, I mean that 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 is a that's not a controversial statement. I don't, I don't think. But yeah, what are there other interesting or good depictions of? I know there are because we've. There's a standing challenge Brian has had to meet, which is to find literary depictions of happy marriages and and for the most part they tend to be they tend to be marriages that are where like the the conflict is not native to the marriage like you know Odysseus and Penelope you could argue there's a happiness there but it's mostly because they never like in order for a marriage to be part of a piece of literature there tends to be conflict but but often I think that conflict is actually fairly one note like it's 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 like it's a, they're already miserable and then you see them grind through it or you see them lie to each other dramatically or like I don't know that I've seen a really accurate depiction of some of the more realistic challenges which have to do with not being the center of your own story because you're dealing with kids you're dealing with other things you're you know and like the the the, the t- again like attention that came in I would say like in the second episode of the original where you see them mostly like talking to other people, doing their jobs, dealing with daily life and feeling the the sort of the tension of like not feeling totally fulfilled, but also being fairly comfortable and being like caring about the people you're with, but being sometimes bored. And like that, that's a, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen like a good treatment of that in, in movies or in books. Exactly. I don't know. I just, I would much rather, I mean, I guess who wouldn't, it, it, the answer almost always is I would rather read Alice Monroe, but so that's probably an unfair, but, but again, I realize as I say that they, they, it's not that they're necessarily 
happy marriages uniformly in her choice. But but there is there there I I do think it's fair to say that they're not all grindingly unhappy. Like there yeah. there is there is happiness. There's there's hateship, courtship, friendship, whatever that title is. You know, they're all of those. Yeah, hatred, they're all of those hatred, things in a complicated in a complicated way. And I guess in, in this, I just like, I, I was like, did, did y'all ever like to hang out with one another? Was that, what are the, I mean, it clearly y'all at one point like to get it on with one another. How did, like, and, and the moments throughout the series. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah. Like, like you could come through your hatred to a place of, of dire passion, but um that, that did oh, feel. Yeah. I mean, there's something that did feel somewhat tr- true about their storytelling is that the the way they told their backstory. He was uh, Orthodox Jew who was sort of raised pretty. You know, like he didn't touch a, a woman until you know he was in college, and and she was dating a rock star. And so, like both of them were sort of exotic to each other, and had a, there was a little bit of yeah. distance and mystery. And so you can see maybe how they they had the hots for each other, and they had this sort of this mystique, but they didn't necessarily know or understand or like each other all that much that 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 continued to not like yeah <laughs> they yeah continued not yeah. to know or like or understand each other no. yeah Far- fargo yeah. i think the original fargo that's a happy marriage um mm-hmm. that feels that feels like a real marriage uh for mm-hmm. the little you know it's not a big part of the movie but it feels well and then maybe brian's question is unfair because if you find a if you find an authentically portrayed happy marriage, it is also going to be at times unhappy. I mean, so, so I think that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 so the, it's, it's right. I mean, the question is, is, is there some, something there? Is there some, um, well, yeah. Like, that, the, the that, cha- like the challenge of be like, I think, I don't know that I've seen that many depictions of the, the actual challenge of being married rather than, the challenge of like really wanting to or trying to do something else while also being chained to this like tr- we've like, all got to go watch Friday Night Lights again. That's a that's a really I, well. I, so. I mean, maybe, I, you know, yeah, I think it's I think that is the answer. I think that that's the, the it's always culmination of the Western the storytelling tradition. It's fresh Friday Night Lights. That's the that's when uh, that's when we peaked as a civilization as, as a culture. It's it's a it's a good show. It's it's a good show. So we, um, we should we should talk at least a little bit. Um, you, you know, and you, you've got this new book coming out. Uh, now you know it all, and it's a it's a collection of stories. You've got a you've got some. I don't know that you have any happy marriages, but you've got some, you've got some marriages and, and almost marriages and post marriages and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. relationships with different kinds in there. Some, I was going to say some are pretty grisly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope none, I hope none make people suffer like the <laughs> seven hours of that show made, made me hours. suffer. However long, however long it was. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some relationships. I mean, I think, I think obviously, that moments of moments of conflict and tension are are what are interesting. I mean that that's how that that's where where the story often lies. I mean it's 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 a little bit like you know I'm reading this George Saunders book and he talks about sort of the short story writer's compression of time where you know you're reading the story and it's like and then for the next 
for the next six years, he blah, 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 blah. And it's like you fast forward through that time because um, that time is not relevant for your consideration. I think, yeah, I think in, in a lot of these stories, it's like they're, they're, some of the happy time is not going to be the time that you're zooming in on is, is, is part of it. But I still hope that, that the, the, the tense or the unhappy does not have the, the complete and utter I don't know what self-seriousness is self-regard of uh, the, this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, and your stories are they're They're too short and too much happens for them to, to suffer from, I think, Good. the flaws of this series. Yeah. Uh, you write, like you, you have this odd, we, were, we talk, talked about it some recently because you were doing a thing for electric lit, but you you write not quite speculative fiction, not quite magical realism, not quite sci-fi, but something in that neighborhood. I do. Do I? I mean, I think I think I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty squarely realist, but I think I enjoy. I enjoy tension and threat and spookiness i mean I, but i think they're pretty i think they're i mean i do think that the category that i made up the uncanny is a is a decent category for but but i don't think i mean certainly no one has ever mistaken it for sci-fi i'll, I'll say that not sci-fi right yeah no, we mean f- 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 fantasy or parable yeah i mean I, th- I think that maybe the 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 distinction is that your stories always take place in a realistic world but your characters often don't know that if your characters often yeah. end up having an experience of not being sure what kind of story they're in maybe so or they or they are they're adjacent to a person who has i mean i would say a lot of the characters a lot of the main characters are like me and that they have an appetite for mystery, but maybe not a capacity for it. And so they're attracted to people who maybe are a couple notches more credulous. And so then, and then they start to sort of teeter, teeter on their heels and, 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 and then start to sort of wonder about their position within the, the realistic story constraints. So yeah, I, I think that that sounds, that maybe sounds right. And that's like, I think about as a, you know, the, all these children's stories that have these doors or portals or secret train platforms to the unknown or to the other world. And I feel like as a parent, like your child is sort of that portal. Like they're, like you're, you're mm-hmm. living in a house with these people who, who like genuinely have a very different vision of the world that, that for them is very real. And you, and yeah. you, you don't, you know, you, your relationship to that is very un, uncertain. And and particularly particularly yeah. surrounding like uh, your you know your favorite holiday of all uh, Halloween as we are approaching yeah yeah I think that's I think that's right I mean funny I should use children children characters more to to be that portal it, strangely I don't tend to use them a lot but I do think that's why in in you know a good ghost story or a good whatever often the first sighting is is a child you know a child report so you have that kind of dubious uh, d- there's a, there's a dubious aspect to the to the first information or the first reportage of of whatever has occurred right because it's in the, the voice of a child yeah i think mm-hmm. you 
you have used maybe that there's just a there's a lag with you when you're like digesting your own experience of the world and then bringing it into fiction like you you're right you don't have a lot of children who are the 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 doorway into the unknown but you do have a fair number there's maybe more in your first collection than in your second but you have a fair number of like infants or fetuses or like zygotes that are <laughs> like so many so here. many so many fetuses yeah well i mean is it the is it the fetus or is it the is it the the hormones i mean i i yeah i mean i think giving birth is the closest thing to an ayahuasca ceremony that i ever intend to do so so i think yeah is it the is it the what 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 is driving that experience yeah i i, I take your your point is well made though <laughs> yeah i mean that is a you, I, you, we obviously have quite different experiences of it but i will say from you know my own recollection of both both times uh that is a true portal to another world i mean that is really yeah oh definitely. absolutely unreal yeah definitely 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 and i mean that that i mean i really do not that i've ever done an ayahuasca ceremony because I don't, you, re- I you really want to make sure vomit, that my but... listeners know that you're not into ayahuasca. This is my wife. Yeah, no, ayahuasca for no, your no. life, Joanna Pearson. No, but I mean, but I do, but I do think that I do think that 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 giving birth is is got to be. That I mean, yeah, that that's got to be something like that. Like you're you're talk about a portal. You're 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 in extremis. Yeah, like you feel, a, you, yeah. you're very sweaty. You feel sick to your stomach. You, like, you yeah, yeah. Like, you're when can I get out of here? There's a mysterious stranger in the room suddenly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, do you, given that, we, so this is going to be coming out anticlimactically on the third, maybe? Depend, well, depending on Apple, it could be coming out much, much later than that if they don't get their shit together. Yeah. But do you have any uh, semi seasonal uh, story or? Um, or movie spooky story or movie recommendations or um, other than just uh, below deck and Friday night lights. Oh gosh. That, and that's not even what I would have recommended had I been thinking about just before you watch scenes from a marriage, watch those. instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There anything, some I mean, really... anything else you've discovered. You read it. You read insanely I... fast. You read a whole, whole lot of fiction. Yeah, I don't retain a lot, but I do read a lot. Uh, I think there are some very good. Um, there, there's there's some very good creepy stories by Kelly Kelly Link has has a couple creepy ones, some of which are available online. Maybe I'll I'll find them for your show notes. Um, so Kelly Link, obviously Carmen Marie Machado, she is well known for for that. I think, I mean, even that list I made for electric literature, you should, by the time this comes out, that list may have come out, my uncanny list. I'll link to it. Um, Because that that has some really good collections that I think are in that kind of spooky nether space, we'll call it, between, um, I mean, certainly it's not, I don't think it's horror. Um, I don't think Shirley Jackson is horror, honestly. I I think Shirley Jackson, for the most part, is is operating in, in a space of, of more, more, more so the, the uncanny. Um, 
I think that you know, I, I'm thinking of names that I didn't include on that that on that list of uncanny short story collections. I I probably should have and didn't because I think they get plenty of they don't need me to recommend them, but I'll mention them. I think that um, Karen Russell and Lauren Groff, both of whom it could be argued that I like far more as short story writers than possibly I like them a lot more. Well, definitely Karen Russell, I like more as a short story writer than a novelist. And probably that's true of, of Lauren Groff. They have some great, you know, kind of uncanny, spooky, chilling little, uh, little stories. And then, yeah, the, the, the names on that list, I think would be nice, nice seasonal fare, if you will. The Turn of the Screw. Everybody should go back and reread The Turn of the Screw. That's a great. Some spooky, spooky children in that one for sure. Yeah. 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 So I uh, think those are my racks. The next time I, uh, I I get you on here, what um, I guess it's going to be, it's got to be your, your turn to pick what we talk about. Any, any thoughts on what, uh, uh, what, what kind of, uh, what, what, what should your beat be if you're, if you're a, a periodic guest, what's your, are you going to be the reality TV show beat? Because because we because because I, I may I may be discussing F Boy Island with uh, with, the, with, with, the, with the renowned novelist J P Gritton. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I'll think about that. It might be reality TV. It might be it might be that there there are certainly some other uh, HBO shows that that are more my jam. Uh, Insecure, High Maintenance. Uh, th- those are those are. You you know those I can feel real passionate about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah scenes scenes from a marriage is is uh, thumbs thumbs down from Joanna. Um, the good acting in it, but you know, I I don't know. I'll, I think I think it, I, honestly I think it was quite well done all around. I just think that it's uh, I, I think weirdly enough the source material was sort of poisoned. He should honestly he should not have been making a movie about his own marriage or his own relationship. Like he, he didn't have whatever he needed to have whatever perspective he needed. He didn't have it. I mean, we shouldn't give it any more time. So, so well, given <laughs> given that this is uh, ostensibly a, a poetry podcast, I, I I I would be remiss if I let you go without at least touching on your much mourned exit from the world of poetry Who, who's mourning that no nobody nobody we, is mourning we, that we, <laughs> no. i was i was the featured poet for a mag the, 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 the like winter spring issue of this magazine that the whole reason i was the the featured poet for it was that they wanted you to be the featured poet and they slowly like slowly like piece by piece negotiated themselves until finally i was the featured poet but they got an interview with you and me at least because so, really all they wanted was you and i, I became their vehicle for well, getting a tiny it, dose of you i mean i feel a little bit like who was it was it tom sawyer who shows up to his own funeral i feel like i would have to show up to my own poetry funeral to actually believe that people are really mourning so you're saying I you, what you're saying I, is you 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 faked your poetry death but secretly no, you've been writing no. poetry all along with your friend no 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 not at all no i no i didn't i just i don't think anybody is no one's losing sleep over it we'll put it that way so what so uh why why did you uh why why did you stop writing and 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 like to be clear like and reading and thinking or caring about or tolerating poetry at all 
where you like you you really swore off but you're a poetry teetotaler you got an mfa in poetry you did a you did a, a thesis <laughs> in poetry as an undergrad you and see your you know you wrote poetry your whole uh your whole like conscious you know adolescent adult life why did you swear it off i mean my my loyalties were to writing more so than poetry and my loyalties were to pleasure and uh sound and 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 feeling moved by something that was human and true and and interesting and engaging and i think I, I think there are some poets who are, there are some great poems that meant a lot to me at one time. And I think there are still some very few, very thoughtful poets working, but I guess for the most, again, my, my primary loyalties were to literature over any particular genre. I mean, writing over any particular genre and, and, and poetry poetry lost me it was like the poetry was just like Jessica Chastain and I was Oscar Isaac only I just ran out of the house within the first 30 minutes of the miniseries poetry, that doesn't really hold with whom did that poetry really have hold. an affair did poet, poetry I don't know like, not me slept with a hot Israeli guy and that like yeah not not me not me yeah no I just I I I, I did not find poetry an interesting or fertile place anymore, really. So both of your story collections, the titles are taken from poems. That is true. Is that you that pouring one out on the grave or is that you spiking the football? That, <laughs> that's me pouring one out on the grave. Okay, A libation for the dead art form. Uh-huh. Pour well, a shot out. Yeah, well, th- thank you for appearing on this uh, silly uh, podcast that I... That I, I had to, I had you, to put Smith. it together in secret because it was such a preposterous idea. So I didn't, I didn't let you know about it until it was a fait accompli. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Long time listener, first time caller signing off. That was my conversation with Joanna Pearson. Again, Her most recent book is Now You Know It All. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can find her online at joannapearson.com and, you know, intermittently some of the social media sites, though not a whole lot. Thank you for listening. Uh, You can reach me, as always, at sleevericketts at gmail.com. And with any luck, I will be speaking to you again very soon. Until then. (laughs) 